0: Good morning. John always looks so relaxed up here sitting down. I thought I would try it. I might be like Charles Stanley. I see him as I watch him. He's up and down. And uh, maybe I'll be that way. But uh, just pray that all was well with you today. I'd like to take a look at the book of Luke and about faith, trust, and belief. Shall we pray? Father, just calm my heart. Give me the words, Lord, that uh, your people uh, need to hear, would like to hear, Lord. I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Calm my heart now, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Faith. I kind of observed each of you distributing an example of your faith this morning. I don't think I've seen any of you check that chair out before you sit down. If You had faith that it was going to be there. It wasn't going to move. And you're just going to land on it. In Luke 841 through 55, we see the example of faith. I'd like to ask you, can you recall what situation in your life brought forth your greatest faith in Christ and allowed God's grace to abound? In the scriptures preceding our text today, Luke eight, twenty-two through twenty-five, Jesus stilled the stormy sea of Galilee, as his disciples became terrified that the ship would sink and they would drown. After calming the sea, Jesus asked his disciples, Where is your faith? In Luke eight, twenty-seven through thirty-seven. Jesus manifested his power over Satan by casting demons out of a man called Legion. Because of so many demons had entered into him, the people kept him bound with chains. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into a herd of pigs feeding nearby, and Jesus gave them permission. And when the demons entered into the pigs, the pigs rushed down the hillside into the lake and drowned. When the people in the surrounding areas heard what had happened, they came out to see Jesus. And they found the man from whom the demons had gone out of, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind. The scripture says... They were afraid, and all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. Legion begged to go with Jesus, but Jesus told him to return to his home and tell how much God had done for him. So Legion went all over town, telling what Jesus had done for him. Then in Luke eight forty through fifty five, although Jesus was no longer welcomed there, he was gladly received in Capernaum by a large crowd of people. The clamor of the crowd did not prevent Jesus from hearing one sorrowing voice. That voice was Jairus, ruler of the synagogue who fell down at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his home to heal his 12-year-old daughter, who was dying. As Jesus was traveling towards Jars's home, the crowd was almost crushing him. Yet a woman, very weak from having an issue of blood for 12 years, and no one had been able to heal her, Pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus. This woman was levitically unclean because of her condition, and she ceremonially defiled everything that she touched. This was in the Talmud, and the Talmud was a collection of Jewish writings or laws. You know, 613 laws by the Jewish leaders. When they felt the Mosaic Law did not cover the need in a fast-developing society, then they would come up with something that they felt was better. Something like our leaders do today. No prayer in school, no prayer at graduation ceremonies, legalized abortions, same-sex marriages, We could go on and on. But the Talmadge listed at least 11 different cures for this woman's illness. Some were medical, and others were pure superstition. A look at one treatment on the list would throw some light on what she had gone through. Set her in a place where two ways meet, and let her hold a cup of wine in her right hand, And let someone come up behind her and frighten her and say, Arise from thy condition. Now that's a cure. For 12 years, the woman had spent her living on her illness and she was physically worn out. In verse 44, the scripture tells us she came, but it doesn't tell us how this slowly dying woman managed to get through that crowd and up behind Jesus. There she touched the edge of his garment. And immediately, the scripture says, her physical nightmare ended. The bleeding stopped. Wow. Can you imagine the feeling of joy that she felt that moment? Since a woman was behind Jesus, he didn't see her. However, he knew her identity, for he knows all things. Jesus' reason for asking, who touched me, was to encourage her public testimony. He also wanted her to testify publicly of her healing so that she would be accepted back into society and live a normal life. Remember, she was lobilically unclean. Jesus had responded to the woman's faith by healing her. Now she needed to acknowledge publicly that he had healed her in response to her faith in him. Romans ten nine says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Verse 48, Jesus tenderly addressed the woman as daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This is the same response from Jesus to a prostitute in Luke 7. As she knelt weeping, she began to wet Jesus' feet with her hair. Then she wiped them with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissing his feet and anointing them with ointment. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Both these women were made whole. Their faith, faith was the root by which Jesus' power entered their lives. While Jesus was still speaking, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. This ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, had apparently made his faith in Jesus known in his home for one came from his home they knew where jars had gone they knew he had faith in Christ friends does the members of your family know of your faith in Christ Jesus response to the news of the death of the girl was don't be afraid just believe and she will be healed As they arrived at Jorah's home, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. Jesus didn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John and her parents. Jesus took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told him to give her something to eat. Did you notice the scripture says her spirit returned? You know, I think the moment we take our last breath here, in the first breath in eternity, our spirit has gone from us into eternity. If we knew Christ as our Lord and Saviour, our spirit is with the Lord. If we didn't, and we don't, it's for eternity separated from God. Jarus had the faith to believe. And Jesus responded to his faith. In Luke 7, Jesus healed the servant of a Roman centurion because the centurion had faith in Jesus that by saying the word or giving the command, his servant would be healed. The centurion had considered himself worthy of hosting Jesus in his home. And he sent his friends to say to Jesus... Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But say the word and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. When the centurion's friends returned home, they found the servant well. Wow. The apostles had seen Jesus perform many miracles in the three years they traveled with him. Seen him walk on water. They seen him steal the stormy sea. They saw him feed five thousand men, plus women and children, with five loaves and two fish, heal the blind, the lame, and many, many more miracles. Yet Luke seventeen five tells us that the apostles said to Jesus, Increase our faith. Faith Trust, belief. These three words has the same meaning. Look them up in the dictionary. One, confidence or trust in a person or a thing, a chair. Belief that there is not based on proof. And three, get this in the dictionary, the trust in God and in his promises as made through Christ and the scriptures by which humans are justified or saved. Boy, I wonder how much longer that will be left in the dictionary. I had a conversation with a person a couple weeks ago, and they didn't think that God was interested in them. They seemed to think they had seeking God, but but God didn't want them. I think maybe as I've thought about it since talking with them, that they hadn't had an experience on the road to Damascus like Paul did. We don't all have that type of experience. I'm not sure that all that has that type of experience remains faithful followers of Christ. They didn't get their seed, their roots planted in good soil. They didn't stay in the Word. Like the centurion, Jairus, the two women. They did not have experienced Damasc on the road to Damascus, but they believed. As Roman ten nine said, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, Revelation three twenty as I shared Last time I've read the message was the scripture that the Lord finally got through to my heart. on. I'm standing at the door and knock. Any man hears my voice and opens a door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. We have to open that door to our heart for Christ to come in. He won't force his way in. Jarus, the Roman centurion, and these outcast women just had faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and they allowed God's grace to abound. Have you heard Jesus say, "Thy faith has saved thee, go in peace?" If you have, are we sharing Christ? Or our faith with our neighbors, our friends, our family? Are we inviting them to church with us? Are we out working for the kingdom of God? Or are we retired? Aren't we blessed by God for any little word or deed we do to further his kingdom just seen on a card this morning his destiny was a cross his purpose was love his reason was us he went to that cross for us